Hello, prolific authors. How is your week going? So today on the podcast, I have an author marketing audit. So what that means is that I have an author on who is not sure where to go with her marketing, and I'm going to give her some tips and tricks and things that she can be doing now. We have a really valuable discussion about where things are going currently with paid ads. It's really important to understand that there are some big changes happening right now. It's not something we should be afraid of, but we do need to sort of roll with it and figure out how to use it to our advantage so that we're not accidentally throwing money away. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today and I really hope you enjoy um, listening to the audit. If you would like to do something similar, if you would like to get on a free strategy call with me so that I can give you the next handful of steps, the things that you need to be focusing on specific to where you are at in your author journey, you can do that anytime. Uh, Go to bit.ly forward slash author strategy. I'll have that in the show notes so you can click on it. But once again, it's bit.ly forward slash author strategy. And you and I can just get together on a really casual call and just chat about what you can be doing next to further your author career so that you have some clarity moving forward. All right, let's jump into the interview. Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. Let's face it, readers read fiction to feel emotion and be transported and transformed. In this ongoing digital revolution, where online marketing is always in flux, the only way to create a sustainable author business and live off your royalties is to write transformational stories, market at every stage of the author journey, and cultivate a loyal audience of readers. Fortunately, there's never been more opportunity to make a living as a fiction author. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill, USA Today bestselling author and story clarity coach. When I'm not dictating my own stories about dragons, serial killers, and dystopian worlds, I help other authors write their own transformational fiction, position them as bestsellers, and market them like pros. Join me on the podcast where I give writing tips, marketing how-tos, story advice, and interviews with other authors who are in the trenches just like you and making it work. We are prolific authors. Okay, Jordae, how are you? I'm doing just great. <laughs> good, good. So you are an author um, and you've already published quite a few books. Tell me like what your genre is and how many books you have out. Right. So uh, my first book series is dystopian. My second book series, I would kind of classify it as urban fantasy paranormal. Um, <clears throat> not quite so much on the fantasy side, but the paranormal, but everything that I do is new adult. Um, I have a tendency to focus on characters that are usually in their early 20s um, to to 30s. Um, I kind of try to create a a, a breadth of books that appeal to people that still like to read YA, but they're getting out of that YA teen angst stage. And they'd kind of like to get into adult, but stay with the more the fast paced um, YA fashion of reading. Mm-hmm. while kind of taking on some slightly more adult characters and situations. Okay. And how long are each of those series? How many books? The first series uh, is called The Inertia Trials is four books. The second series is a trilogy, the Hexen's Cross series. And the final book in the series is coming out this August. So it'll be, yeah, like I said, a trilogy. Okay. And what are you doing so far for marketing? Um, most of what I do is, uh, I, I will admit, um, this is, even though I do marketing for my day job, because I, I have a tendency to do, um, the, the writing and authoring and publishing more on the side, more than anything else. And so I do marketing for my day job. 
but it it's, it's almost like I do it for my day job. And so I set it aside for my, my, my publishing, which is unfortunate. Um, but I, I would probably say most of what my efforts that go into it are through social media, um, sometimes a little bit through paid ads, um, through, you know, Amazon or Facebook or, um, BookBub. I just tried BookBub, which was a total flop. So I remember, <laughs> you, <laughs> I remember you had actually mentioned a book on, on how to, to do paid ads through BookBub. And so that's mm-hmm. definitely something I'm going to have to look into, but, um, honestly, it really does come down to the fact that I, I am almost burned out with doing marketing. And so it's, it's almost right. like, and, and, and not only that, but but marketing for my day job is very different in a way from marketing for an indie self-publishing um, realm. So it's, you know, I, I put more of my, my effort into my, my day job to do that. And then what's left is to do the creative side of things. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, that's actually very common. In fact, um, the woman who uh, sort of, what's the word, was like the manager of our um, box set that I did when we hit the, the USA Today list. She actually said the same thing. She, that's what she kind of does is she, and she does make some money at it. She helps authors manage things like that. And she writes, but her books aren't like um, hitting lists or, or, you know, ranking at all because she's focusing on everyone else. So, you know, just know that that's totally common. <laughs> that's what everybody does. And the marketing side is always, I think it's harder for creatives to learn because we're naturally more the creative side of things. Um, and yeah, it's probably going to be really different. The marketing for your job, I mean, what exactly are you marketing? Are they more like high high ticket, more expensive things? I mean, it's it's and they're not they're not even objects. I mean, we're we're marketing a service. Okay. And for the most part, we kind of deal with marketing with B2B, which is business to business, mm-hmm. um, as well as B2C, but you know, business to customer. Right. Um so it's, it's, it's a totally different realm, totally right. different industries. And I mean, some of the principles are, are the same, but the avenues are just absolutely right. you know, night and day difference. Okay. So, um, first of all, and, and I'll, I'll get into more <laughs> actual advice here in a minute, but one more thing, what are you doing in terms of list building or lead magnets? Do you have anything like that set up? No, no. Okay. I mean, I, Whenever I have a new book coming out, um, I will do some kind of an incentive to entice people to sign up for my mailing list. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really the only time that I okay. do something. Um, okay. So the first thing I'm going to recommend then is to set up some sort of lead magnet. Um, you can use one the first book in one of your series, but because your series are short, you may not want to do that. It's much easier when you have like 10 or 12 books to use the first book. Um, but you can, if you want, you can even use it for a short time because until you get something else written. But what I usually recommend is um, figure out which series you wanna guide your readers through first. You've got two to choose from. And I would write some sort of prequel or it doesn't have to be chronologically a prequel. It could be a spinoff. It could be another story within that world, you know, something that will naturally lead them into that series. And you can do it as a short story, just like five to 10,000 words. Um, novellas work really well up to 30,000 words. And I would highly recommend having at least one or more of the characters who are in your series in that novella, because 
if you do a good job, they'll read it and they'll want to buy the series because they're already, you know, kind of immersed in your world and in those characters. So even if you just wrote like a prequel that was super exciting, that was, you know, shows your characters personality and their flaws and even maybe a little bit foreshadows what they'll be, you know, kind of grappling with in the series and then put that out as a lead magnet. Um, are you at all familiar with book funnel or story origin? Um, yeah, actually okay. a little bit more with book funnel. Uh, I haven't heard of story origin. Um, I think I have a book funnel account. Okay. So you can put it on book funnel and one of the best, the easiest ways to build your list is to put it on, put your lead magnet on book funnel and then enter their promos because you have readers who know about these promos and, um, you just have to share it with your list and share it on social media, you know, that sort of thing. And really it can build your list by several thousand people in only a few weeks. Um, the only downside is that you are going to get some freebie seekers, which is natural. Um, but just make sure and clean your list every few months. So the people who aren't opening and responding, just, you know, kick them off your list and then you're not paying for unused email addresses. But even if it's just a small portion that will stay and be really engaged readers over time, you're going to build a list of really, really engaged readers. Um, and that way you'll have that list to sell to anytime you get a new book, you know, people who will be waiting for it and you can send them teases and, you know, the first few chapters and you can actually really um, leverage your list that way. So that would be the first thing I would recommend to really kind of get a good base for, for sales for your books. Um, the second thing you said you'd done some paid ads. So the biggest thing about paid ads is that <laughs> they're very complicated and they're very yeah. different depending on what platform you use. So you said you'd use book, book bub a little bit, which I will probably slip up and call that book funnel a few times. I do that all the time. And then I completely confuse everybody, um, but you've done book bub. Have you done uh, Facebook or Amazon? Yeah, I had done Facebook for four. Um, and you know, with Facebook, with the paid ads through Facebook, I always got a ton of impressions, ton of impressions and very little click through. Okay. Um, and Amazon, um, I think I did one once, but it was years ago okay. and it was probably one of those experiences where I did it and it was just so complicated to figure out. I was like, that was just not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a way, I think Amazon are, I don't know that they're any harder than the other ones, but they're kind of the longest game because you have to, you end up having to, um, test like hundreds of keywords and Brian Cohen says you probably need to spend, or well, let's see maybe not spend, you need to have like about a hundred clicks on each keyword before you know whether it will be a good keyword for you. So that just takes time and, and money. And so it's hard to, to get immediate results from that. Um, but I would recommend maybe starting those and just start testing keywords at a really low level. So make sure it stays within your budget. And even if you're only testing 20 keywords a month or every two months, at least slowly over time, time's gonna pass anyway, you might as well start to build it. Um, mm -hmm. Facebook, I can give you a couple of pointers on Facebook, but the other thing about Facebook is there's massive, massive changes going on right now. So I'm right. telling people to be cautious with Facebook. Um, have you heard about the iOS updates that have been rolling out? No. Okay. So this just happened recently. I, most people in the space have been hearing about it for a few months, but I think they just rolled it out a few weeks ago. Um, iPhone, Apple has decided, and it's so funny because they're pretending that they're doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. And I think we all know that's probably not the case that it's going to help them as well. Um, but they're saying that they are giving their customers, so anyone who has an Apple device, the ability to opt out of being tracked by Facebook. And, you know, it's for privacy reasons. And, you know, we all know that if you can opt out, most people will because they don't like to be tracked by big tech. The right. problem with that is that it makes it, them a lot harder to 
um, target on Facebook. So what that means is that our clicks are going to go up. It's going to become more expensive because we won't have as detailed or granular of targeting. Um, that said, I mean, I, I, I think Facebook is looking into this. There's not a whole lot they can do to change what Apple is doing. But mm -hmm. I, I was actually talking with um, Michael Brent Collins about this the other day. And I was thinking that maybe it was going to force people to be wide because you know, when we, when we target people on Facebook, we're redirecting them to a different platform to buy our books like Amazon. And that's what's going to start to be really expensive. And so I was thinking maybe it's going to force us off of Amazon and onto other platforms that have more of an, um, their own internal ads and their own internal promos. And he agreed with that, but he actually said he thinks that Facebook will come up with something where they have their own internal marketplace for books so that we would actually upload our books to Facebook and sell directly from Facebook. Um, it's don't know because I did see someone post the other day about how some of those changes are kind of leading toward that, where there will mm -hmm. be more of a marketplace for authors to sell their works directly through Facebook. Right. So that's, that's a really interesting concept, but you know, kind of like you said, that's one of the reasons why I looked into the book bub, um, paid ads, because again, there's people that are already directly signed up for book bub and, spending time, you know, following their author, favorite author pages and things like that. And so I felt like this might be a little bit of an easier route to do a, a paid search without having to worry about the complexities of Facebook and, yeah. and Amazon. So, um, yeah. Now I didn't ask you this before. Are you wide or are you in Kindle Unlimited? Um, I have for the last couple of years, maybe two or three years, had everything on Kindle Unlimited. Okay. Um, and over probably the last six, seven months, I'm slowly taking them back wide again as okay. soon as my Kindle Unlimited, you know, um, date range for my first series expires. Actually, at the end of this month, they'll end up going wide as well. But I do have my second series um, that just, I just barely got wide again. Okay. Um, so we will go over some, some tips I can give you for different things to try. And I honestly think, I don't know, th there's a lot of people who make really good money in KU and that's why they don't want to pull out of it. And I completely understand that, but I really think it's going to get harder and harder to do that. And it's just going to be smarter to have our books wide and to do a, a variety of promos. The, the only problem with that is that it definitely is more work for us because we have to do promos on different platforms and build our readership on each of those platforms. But if you have a plan in place to do that, it's not as hard as you might think. I actually just went wide with most of my books like within the last year. And I've only got my romance on Kindle Unlimited still, but I'm probably going to pull those out in the next few months. And it's kind of been amazing to me how actually, I don't want to say easy, but I've actually made more money wide than I did in KU. And the main reason is because I wasn't promoting very much in KU. Clearly, if I had promoted, I would have made more. But my, my, my whole thing was always, I didn't want to go wide because everybody kept telling me how hard it is to make money wide and to build an audience wide. And so I just kept thinking to myself, I want a plan that I know will work for how to do that before I go wide. And really what it comes down to is just making sure that you're doing promos every month on one of the platforms, just work it into your schedule so that you've always got something going. And once I started doing that, I started making money. So I'm actually making more wide than I did in KU because my books were not, I don't think they were, they were either not highly found in KU or they just didn't appeal to the KU readership as much as other books would. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel very similarly and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I can figure out how to 
do that, which again, is one of the reasons why we're talking, but you know, on top of that, I, as an author, I, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't feel comfortable having my, the, the digital copies of my, my book only available on one platform. Right. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying that Amazon is ever going to go out of business. Um, I mean, they are a monster, uh, of a company. And so I don't see that happening, but you know, heaven forbid giving control to one company to manage all of my digital copies of my books. And just in case something did happen, like I kind of, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I want to make sure that my readers have access to these stories, um, outside of just one platform. Right. Right. And I mean, a lot of people feel that way. There's a lot of people who don't like Amazon. So like on principle, don't want to do it. Um, but there's the whole putting all your eggs in one basket, as you said, and if nothing else, I mean, we've seen author accounts get yanked on, um, Amazon and, and sometimes it's really not anything they did wrong. It was like a mistake and it'll get reinstated, but sometimes it takes two weeks and you're losing two weeks of income and it's happened to people who have a book bub out. And so they lose all of that income and it's just, yeah, it's really frightening. I don't think it's very smart to do that either. Um, okay. So I will give you just a few kind of tips on each one and tell you what, you know, what I think you could be working on now that will get you some sales now. If you decide to do Facebook ads, this is the thing that's really come up in the last few years that didn't used to be true. And that is that you have to run, there's more overhead than there used to be because in order to get, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, affordable clicks, you need to be running engagement ads first. So when you set up an ad, you have all these different possible, um, what do they call them, objectives. So you've got engagement, you've got traffic, you've got conversion. Um, there's a few others like video views and link clicks and things like that. Now it used to be that most authors were taught just to use traffic and traffic just basically throws all of the traffic they possibly can from the audience you're targeting at your ad and a small percentage of them will click and buy. However, (laughs) that's becoming harder. It's becoming not as effective as it used to be an engagement, um, audience. You know, we all know that Facebook knows all of our behaviors. So, okay, it'd be either easier if I give you an example. Let's say because you write um, paranormal and dystopian, let's say you were um, targeting um, Veronica Roth and her audience, right? Within that audience, you know, she might have like a, and I have no idea what her audience is, say it's like 10 million people. You're not going to get 10 million people sent to your ad because within that audience, you have people who are more likely to click and comment and share, or let's see, not click to comment, like, or share, but they're not likely to click and buy the book. And Facebook knows the difference. There's people who are more likely to click the link and go off Facebook to buy something. And Facebook knows that too. So depending on the objective, that's who you're targeting. But what they like you to do is to do an engagement ad, which you will not get very many buys from because they're people who are not likely to buy, but are likely to, you know, share or like, or comment. Um, because what that does is it primes the algorithm so that it knows that your audience likes your ad and that you're targeting the right people. If you put an ad out to an audience and nobody clicks on it, then you probably are targeting the wrong audience. And Facebook doesn't want to show its audience things that it doesn't like. So what people are finding is that if you run an engagement ad and drop, I don't know, like they say you should run it until you hit a relevancy of four, which might be $100. But even if you didn't spend that much, even if you only spent $20 or $40 on an engagement ad first, you're going to end up getting cheaper clicks when you switch over to traffic or conversion because you prime the algorithm and it's going to give you better results. Um, I just lost my train of thought on that. Anyway, so a lot of people aren't doing that. And so they're ending up with really expensive clicks 
Um, because of the whole iOS thing, I, it, it really, you're going to have to test it and see if you can make it profitable for your books. Um, mm -hmm. which means you need to, you said before you were getting an, um, you had a good reach, but you weren't getting very many buys. So what you're going to need to do is go through and even if you're getting say 20 cent clicks, which very few people get that these days, but even if you do that, most of the time it takes a good 10 to 12 clicks for someone to buy. So if you're spending $2, to get them to buy. And then you also kind of have to know what the read through of your series is because you'll make your money on the back end if they buy all of the books, but not everybody will. So you kind of have to test it and go through and do the math and see, figure out how cheap a click you need to be profitable for your books. And you know, that just takes time, takes a little bit of effort. So if you want to do that on Facebook, go for it, test it, but just be cautious. Don't throw hundreds of dollars at it without really paying attention and um, making sure you know what's going on. Which is not necessarily something I personally want to do. Um, I, at least at this point in my career, I, I've continued to try to find the most cost-effective ways to do marketing. And so mm -hmm. taking larger risks like that, like hundreds of dollars to do paid ads is just not something that I've been willing to do. Okay. Um, I really think at this point that between the three, Amazon, Facebook, BookBub, BookBub is probably your most likely um, opportunity that will that can be profitable for you. It's another thing you have to test. Now you said that, and I wondered, you, you told me before and I, I kind of thought about it and went, yeah, I bet that's not gonna work out very well for her because you were just randomly testing things and not, um, you didn't have much of a, a plan behind it. So I would recommend getting David Gogren's book, which is called BookBub Ads Expert. The thing is that, let me ask you this, did you target big authors on BookBub? Do you remember who you targeted? Yeah, uh, there was a couple big authors and a couple smaller authors. Okay. So here's the, here's the biggest difference. Again, every platform is very different. And on Facebook, you actually want to be targeting the big authors. So you wanna target, like I said, Veronica Roth, Stephen King, JK Rowling, the big household names. It's actually the opposite on BookBub. And the reason is because their system is just set up completely differently. And there are so many people within those big audiences who will follow on BookBub and will never be actually interested in buying books. I mean, I don't know, maybe that's a little over the top because they're there because they want to buy books. But there are a lot of people who follow Stephen King because he's Stephen King and not because they're interested in horror as a genre. Do you know what I mean? So um, David Gogren, I think he recommends between... There, let's see, there's a page that's called, oh, let's see, I'm gonna have to look up what it is because I always forget that I can find it. One sec. It's uh, bookbub. Yeah, bookbub.com forward slash discover authors. So I will send that to you so that you have it. Okay, perfect. And what this does is it shows you, I'll put it in the chat here. Um, all of the authors who are on BookBub and it shows how many followers they have. So David Gogren recommends between doing between, um, what's the lower number? Maybe it's 5,000 or maybe it's 2,000. Between authors between 2,000 and 20,000 followers. And I found that the, the smaller end of that, like around five to 10,000 actually works significantly better for me. Um, so you can go through and find these authors. The other thing is that you're not going to get a huge return on any one author. Usually you'll get like, um, 
anyone you like you, you might get like a 0.25 return on some of them but anything that's close to a one percent return like 0 0.8 0 0.9 or a little over one that's kind of what you're looking for and the best thing to do is just go through and test until you can find some that are right around one percent of a return and then you can combine those together. So if you, and it really does work, you would think that you would, would still only get 1% return, but I've done ads where I've gotten four or five that are right around 1%. And when I put them together in an ad, I'm suddenly getting a 4% return. So it's just the way that their algorithm is and it does work, but you have to test various authors. Um, if you get the book, he will show, tell you exactly how to test them to make sure that they work. And you know, you can do it just one or two, even, you know, for each test within a budget. So Again, it, it might go over time, you know, if you have a really small budget, but that actually does work. And um, the other thing I was going to say is that BookBub will work a lot better if you're wide because they send it out to wide platforms, not just Amazon. So I've noticed that when I do ads for my romance, which is still in KU, I don't get near as good as a return as I do when I do it for my wide books. So BookBub is really more of a wide platform. So keep that in mind. Um, the other thing I will recommend if you are going wide is Kobo. Are you on Kobo as one of your wide platforms? Um, yes. Okay. So like, like I said, I just barely um, released um, some of my books to go wide. So right now there's only the first one that has, fi has finally made it back up onto Kobo. Okay. Um, you might, I mean, you might want to wait until you have like a full series on there, but Kobo has its own internal promotions and they're surprisingly easy to, I mean, you have to apply for them and you won't, like anything, you won't get all of them. If you apply for 10, you might get two of them, but they do move books. Like Kobo is one of my bigger platforms now because I just apply for these promos and it helps. It really does. You're, you're, you're making sales on Kobo. Um, I would recommend reading or getting the book. I'll put these in the chat here. Um, Wide for the Win by Mark Leslie Lefebvre. He has, there, there's actually a Facebook group called Wide for the Win too that I'm in and they're really good about doing things for authors that are wide rather than in KU. Um, so that book is really good and that has really good strategies for all the different platforms. There we go, you there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, is it, yeah, it's still recording. Okay, I think my internet tanked for a minute. I'll just edit that out. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you heard the last thing that I said or what the last thing was. Um, wide for the win. It's a book and it's also a Facebook group and it's specifically for authors who are wide. So I would recommend reading that in wide for the win. He actually goes through all of the different platforms and how you can grow your readership on them and do promotions on them. So that's really helpful too. And I've done some of that and it's worked. So, okay. Um, so that, that would be the main stuff I would recommend. Um, get your lead magnet out there because the other thing is with things getting more expensive in the pay-per-click ads, we're gonna be relying on our lists a lot more in the future and mm -hmm. getting that, um, that lead magnet in place, I think is what's gonna make a big difference in building your list. The other thing is even if we can't sell our books on Facebook because it'll get too expensive, I still think we're gonna be using it for list building because that's gonna be a lot more profitable in the long run. If we can get one person that'll buy all of our books, you know, instead of just selling a single unit. Um, right. so yeah, make sure and get that done. And then you can start just sort of testing really low level ads. You can, I, like I said, I would, I would recommend starting on Amazon if you can, and just start testing at a really low level, you know, um, 
different keywords and different products and things. And I mean, the thing is, they're, they're constantly ro rolling new things out for us. They're constantly making it better and easier. It just takes time. I don't think us authors are their first priority by any stretch. Um, <laughs> but it, it will, I think, especially with all the changes, they always pivot and, and give us ways to, you know, kind of work into it. So um, is there any other questions you have or anything else you want to know specifically? Um, I don't think so. I think this gives me a, a good start on things that I can try out, things that I need to look into to kind of supplement um, what I have tried before and, and improve what I've tried before, actually, I guess is what I should say. Um, so it, I, th I think it's going to, like you said, just be a, a matter of time and trial and error. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I, I think that's kind of one of the most frustrating things for us as authors is... Yep. We're, we're definitely more along the creative side. I mean, that's why we do what we do. And so taking the time to do stuff outside of that, and it, it's a little bit difficult because marketing to a certain extent is a very analytical thing. It is. And I think that becomes very difficult for us. Yep. <clears throat> well, and what I would recommend if you can is figure out what your budget is for per month. Like if just throw a number out there so you can spend 50 bucks a month and make sure that you're spending that every month to do testing and in you know whatever place is going to work for you um yeah i i mean i i completely agree and i know it's hard for a lot of people the thing is i've, I've spent about a year in the entrepreneurial space and there's a lot of things that i don't even i don't even want to say they're not being taught to authors but they're not being utilized by authors for sure and right. i can tell you that the authors that are making the most money are doing the business side of it either by themselves or wealthy enough to have someone do it for them or, you know, whatever the case may be. But the reason so many authors struggle is because they're not, you know, putting any effort into the, and the other thing that's important to note, I still see a lot of people, a lot of different things, ads, you know, people who are trying to sell stuff saying you can grow an audience organically without spending hundreds of dollars on ads. It's not true as of right now, as of probably some time ago, organic is dead. And, and it's not just because there's so much competition that it's hard to get eyes on your stuff. It's because the algorithm has been changed. Right. I was going to say, pay for it's, play. Almost, it's almost impossible to do organic growth because right. of these platforms that are trying to adjust their algorithms so that you have to pay. Like right. it's just, that's the only way to do it. Right. And there's really, I mean, there's people get super upset about that, but there's really no sense of being upset about it. That's always been the way that it is for marketing, for any business. You know, you, you have to spend money to get your products in front of people. So that's just to roll with the punches and uh, <laughs> figure it out. Um, one other question. Do you have anything in place in terms of um, an email marketing sequence to like nurture your list? Uh, no. And that's, and that's the other thing is it, it's, it's not like I have a monthly or even a quarterly, um, newsletter that goes out. I mean, literally it's like, okay, I've got a book coming up. So let's, <laughs> let's start doing a couple emails here and there. Okay. Uh, especially, you know, since they're, you know, newsletter people, I'll let them know ahead of time, um, before things went on social media. And that's if I remember to do it on my newsletter <laughs> before <laughs> I put it out on social media. So it, it is a little bit of a hit and miss. Okay. Well, what I can do is I can send you my, um, I actually just put something together that's uh, email nurture sequences for authors, what, what works to nurture your email list. I would recommend sending out um, 
a newsletter regularly, you know, you, you can do it as often as you want. Some people do it weekly. Some people do it monthly. Some people do it quarterly. Um, but if you put together the nurture sequence, it takes a little bit of time to set it up on the front end, but then you can, you can literally write like 50 emails so that they're being sent out every week or however long, every two weeks, whatever you want to do to your list without any extra effort from you. So that just kind of saves you from having to do that. But your email list is being nurtured by you in the background and you don't have to, you can kind of set it and forget it. So um, if you want, I can send you that. And um, I would recommend doing that. The thing is a lot of authors are like scared crapless to email their list too much. Okay. And we really need to get over that. (laughs) That is 100% me. In fact, when I, when I go to events and things like that, and I, cause that's probably actually where I build my list. Like the most, as far as a surge is when I go to events and stuff and I'll do like a giveaway or something like that to entice people to sign up for my email list. But I always like say it as a clarification. Like I promise I'm not going to email you too much. Like, <laughs> and I, I really do hold up that end of the bargain. I mean, I really don't email them very much. Well, when you, when you do your nurture sequence, you can tell them how often they're going to get emails from you so that they know what to expect so that you're not, you know, being too, but, but I mean, the other thing is, and again, this is something I learned from the entrepreneurial specter, which is, which is different than, I, I don't know. It's most entrepreneurs are selling way more high ticket things than we sell. You know what I mean? They have much bigger profit margins. So it is a little bit different, but the concepts, like you said, the concepts are the same. And the thing that people don't understand. And I I remember being that way too, at first, like I had 30 people on my list for like three years and they were all people I knew, you know? And so it really, first of all, it wasn't doing me much good, (laughs) but you're always scared that if you email too much, they're going to jump off your list. And the thing is that they will. Some of them will. You're always going to get unsubscribes. I have a pretty large list now and every single email I, I send, I get a few unsubscribes. I mean, that's just, you got to be okay with that. And that's just par for the course. Right. But the other thing is that it's actually good. This is a little bit of a mindset shift. It's actually good when they unsubscribe, because if you have someone who is so annoyed that you're sending them, whatever you're sending two emails a month, or even one a week, they are never going to be your ideal customer and buy your book because they're annoyed that they're even getting emails from you, you know? So right get them off your list. You know what I mean? Like you, you want the people who are okay receiving those emails, who are excited to receive those emails because they're the ones that are going to be excited about your book, buy your book, spread the word about your book. So it's about not having so many people on your list, but having the right people on your list. And I actually think emailing more often accomplishes that more quickly. I mean, there's people who actually do email every single day. I don't know. I don't know if they're authors, but entrepreneurs who have like a daily email sequence and they have very highly engaged lists and lots and I'm sure they have lots of unsubscribes for people that get sick of them or decide they don't want that, but they have people on their list who cannot wait to open their emails every single day, you know? So that's really more what you're going for. Um, And I think that's that's a big part of the problem we see with authors is that they just are scared. (laughs) And I understand because I've been there, but we've kind of got to get over that if we want to turn this into a business. That's all. Yeah. All right. So any last minute things that you want to talk about or that you need from me? No, I don't think so. You've been awesome. Um, Tell everyone, I guess you kind of already have, but one more time, just tell everyone where they can connect with you and connect with your books. So yeah, with me, um, uh, I am on Facebook um, under Jake Wallace. I'm on Instagram. My handle is author underscore J underscore Kowalis. And I'm also on Twitter at J underscore Koalas. Um, so I'm, I'm on all of those. I'm also, I also have a profile on BookBub, 
which is is something else that um, I would like to grow. So if you're if you're on BookBub and you'd like to follow me, um, definitely check it out. Um, so those are my social media platforms for the most part. As far as my books go, they're selling on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, and like I said, and we kind of mentioned this earlier, you know, my first series is starting to go wide again. So they'll be available on Kobo and Nook and those other digital platforms as well. Um, the only one that they are not on because again, it's a little bit more difficult to get on there unless you have a publisher to do it for you, but is Google play books. So, yeah. And actually they, um, and I'm not going to have it in front of me, so I, I can't tell you exactly how to do it. I, I've got my books on Google play and they've actually recently opened it up a lot. It used oh, to be they? that you couldn't even, um, like you had to request to get your books on there because that you couldn't just start an account. Um, mm -hmm. And nobody was getting on for like five years. I mean, it was a long time. Yeah, but now I know that I got on and put mine on there recently and it wasn't that hard. You just had to go through yeah. and, and set so up. I guess so. I'll just need to check into that again yeah. because yeah, it's it's almost, it's, it's like I'm on every other platform, including Apple Books, but in the past, for some reason, Google Play has just been. Right. <laughs> it's, it's been pretty recent. It's been pretty recent that they opened it up. And so, and that's the other thing is it, Google Play is a good example of how they're changing things to get more authors onto their platform and more business. And Kobo is another good one. Kobo's so they're they awesome can with, with, with Amazon, which right. is the month. Right. So we are seeing changes in that. So yeah. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say is the best way to get followers on BookBub is to run BookBub ads or okay. do the BookBub promo, which is super expensive, but lots of people, when you do that, will end up following you on BookBub. So just for the record, anyway. Good to know. All right. Well, I will send you um, just some links and things and my um sequences that sell and yeah then i'll put all of your social links in the show notes okay perfect thanks lisa right. yeah good luck with everything talk to you later bye me again before you go if you found value in this episode i would love it if you could leave me a review reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.